pop stars welcome to this week's episode of the popcorn wind down i'm eddie and i'm tammy thank you for joining us this episode is sponsored by gratitude as in tammy and i want to express our sincerest gratitude to all of you pop stars out there for your continued support thank you for tuning in to another what we hope will be wonderful season of the popcorn wind down where we promise to bring you more of what you've come to love as we continue to grow improve and expand the popcorn wind down universe so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was really good. I concur. Aw. Okay, so this week, to kick off season four, we begin with season two, Tongue Twister, of Jenny and Georgia, currently streaming on Netflix. This current season picks up exactly where single one, season one left off with the estrangement between Jenny and, I'm sorry, between Georgia and her children. Jenny is still confused and disillusioned when she's forced to deal with the killer revelation that her mother's past is even darker than she may have realized. And it drives her away from home. This season two is all about reconciliation. I think I love that. Um, so, Tammy, what did you think of season two of the dysfunction that is Jenny and Georgia? Was it every family has it something or hurry the hell up and call CPS? <laughs> Hurry the hell up and call CPS. Um, I think that they did a good job of what well, I think staying very realistic with the town that they lived in and um, how they grow up while also identifying the issues. I don't think they went as in-depth as I think they should have, but going a little bit more in-depth of the experience that Jeannie has um, being uh, Black in a basic predominantly white town um, being raised by her white mother. Um, and then kind of with Georgia being so me, me, me a lot. Um, they, they definitely put a little bit more of a spotlight on um, the issues within uh, rather than them just setting up house in Wellsbury. So I think it was a great um, second season on kind of like, them settling down into their life and how even more problems come up, the more settled they become in this um, picturesque Pleasantville town that they currently live in. Um, I agree. Uh, I, I thought this was a great second season, somehow um, better than season one in a lot of ways. And I think um, it goes back to what you were saying um, about the growth and development of the characters. All of the characters seem to have grown and developed, and we got a little bit more insight into what makes all of them tick. Um, even the male characters, they were no longer just accessories uh, for Jenny and Georgia. Um, they had their own thing to do. Um, and that was one of the storylines that I loved the most, is what you were just talking about, was... Um, diving in okay maybe not diving in but Jenny starting to tip a toe into her uh to tip her toe into the waters of her blackness if that makes sense um you, we always knew that she was a biracial child um but now we're starting to see what that means for her as she figures it out that yes um I am a biracial woman and she's also starting to explore it because she's never really had that connection to her to her to the black side of her family just because of the estrangement between her grandparents and her mother um you get that she that she knew who her grandparents were 
um, she's visited them, but they've never always, they've never really been that close. They were more just like maybe like the holiday type parents or the card type parents or, or grandparents or something like that. So I love that we're starting to see her explore that. And I agree with you. I think they may have uh, tiptoed around on it a little bit. So I'm curious to see if they have any black show um, to get really, you know, into that and really feel comfortable about writing the stories the way they should be written. Because the one with the English teacher, it was, it had so much potential. Um, and I think, um, I think it was something we mentioned last year. Um, they all wanted a little bit. So I, I hope again, again, because, yeah. And I hope it's something, I hope it's a thread that they pick up because it's not going to go away. They continue to pick up because she can't always be the one to run away, um, especially as a black woman of color in this country. You're not always going to be able to just go away. Why should she have to drop her English class and not just go down one level, two levels? Um, and you see how <laughs> miserable she is in that class, even though it's with her friends. It's not a class that's pushing her to her full potential. Realizes that, you know, um, her dad getting her these correspondence courses at Boston University, um, that be the easy fix. So I loved it. And I, I loved how her dad was like, you see, he would have handled it differently, but he kind of, I got to let her figure this out for herself, you know? Um, but yeah, so I, I hope that they don't continue to take the easy way out when they address those issues. Sometimes just bringing it up is not enough. You actually have to dive in and tell the story, if that makes sense. Um, but I love that they're at least trying to go there. Um, and also, I love that we get more of her sexy daddy because that mug is sexy. <laughs> like, yeah, daddy, like, never mind. But you know what I'm saying. Daddy is sexy. And <laughs> I love that. Uh, and not only in this year, he's not just an, a, an accessory. He's not someone, a weapon that she can use against her mom or someone to call out. Uh, or to call when she gets in trouble or to run to when she and her mom have a fight. Um, he's not another uh, love foil in um, Georgia's relationship. It's like he really got fleshed out with his own life, his own character, his own story. So I hope we continue to see more of that. Um, and, and, and I love how his family um, included Austin, um, how even though, you know, it's obvious Austin is not his child, Austin is still his child. Mm -hmm. And that goes for the whole family, even his grandparents. It's as much of a problem as they've had with Georgia and the way that she's raised Jenny and uh, denied them access. You could tell that when they did get access to her, they knew her baby brother was a package deal and they had no problem with that. So I truly, truly love that about them. Um, so what did you think about um what did you think about her dad and that that the stories that they were telling <clears throat> introducing with his family and just I his... like oh sorry go ahead no go ahead um I was gonna say I like Zion's um parenting right um he didn't like just like his family he didn't really have that much of a role he missed a lot of her childhood as well because uh Georgia moved them around so much because um it, it was her, basically, I feel in a way, it was her way or no way. And so when she didn't like one thing, rather than trying to work it out with 
you know, his family and with him, she just went on a run and because he was so in love with her. And I think I said this in when we did the first season, because he was she, he was so in love with her. He let her get away with way more than, um, you know, some people would let uh, her get away with. Right. Um, because his family had money and yet. Uh, they were raised extremely poor where she was constantly negotiating to keep the lights on. She was constantly negotiating on how she was going to pay her rent and all of that and constantly running away. And never once did she even think of turning to um, Jeannie's family, you know, or giving her that connection. And I think um, just on, he didn't approve of the things that Georgia uh, did, but, and he did speak up about it. But he also was just like, you know, you're the one who who raised her. But I'm going to let you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of some of the decisions you make or the fact of she was never punished for anything. Because I'm going to say right now, Jeannie needed an ass whooping multiple times. Multiples. And never once did she get an ass whooping. And I kept looking like, y'all not going to be her ass for this? Like, you're not going to bring out the belt with a name? Like, no, we, we just gonna let this flow. Okay, okay. Um, but I did. I did like Zion and his family. Um, I like the conversation that they were having when they talked about colleges. Um, I think it was Christmas dinner um, when they talked about it. And um, Paul's family was saying, well, now you'd be a legacy because your mom's marrying um, our son, Paul, and, you know, he was a legacy. And then all of a sudden, her, uh, Zion's family started saying, well, she'd be a legacy at Howard. Well, she'd be a legacy at Spelman. And I'm going to be that one to say, I, I truly, truly would love if Jeannie did end up at an HBCU or she did not end up at the same school as her friends just because they were going there. So she decided to go there, but she went where she could fully engross herself in her culture because she needs it. Cause she does not have that. She fully engrossed herself in her culture as well as be challenged. Um, Cause what you start to see is none of her friends are academically challenged. Not even Max, who was in the AP English course, I think is truly academically challenged um, on any level. And she definitely uh, needs that <laughs> around her. Yeah. I think the only one that was probably on her level academically, honestly, was her ex-boyfriend. And I'm trying yes. to blank at his name right now. Um, oh, I forgot his name, too. <laughs> Hunter. 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 Yeah, Hunter. Um, and I agree with you. I love Zion's version of parenting. Um, I love that he put her into therapy, even though mm -hmm. he knew yeah. he knew that she needed it more than anything. And it's like, okay, um, he didn't quite understand what was going on because he was fully prepared to fight for her to stay with him when she did end up going back to uh, live with Georgia. But he knew that whatever was going on that drove her to him and that had her so scared and feeling like she needed to cut herself was something that needed to be addressed. So even though he he was of the mindset that I'm doing what's best for my child and I will fight you on this later. I would rather ask for your forgiveness about this than your permission to do this. Um, so I, I, I fully embrace that. And I, I did love his parenting. And um, I kind of understand a little bit of where Jenny was coming, of where Georgia was coming from. She didn't want to be steamrolled by his parents. And she was also afraid that, you know, they were going to take her because of a conversation, you know, she didn't want to lose her children to them. She knew she wasn't the best parent, but she knew she she loved them. So 
Um, I'm not saying I agree with the way she did it, but I understand why she did what she did. It was, she was motivated by fear. And I think she lived most of her life being motivated by fear. So let me just go ahead and give a shout out to the casting and the acting of the young woman who plays the young version of Georgia because she does a great job. And I love the way they use the flashbacks to tell a lot of her story. And that was one of the things that I loved um, is that we get a little bit more understanding of her motivations as well. Um, she's crazy, but you understand, you get more of an understanding of the crazy, not condoning it, but just understanding of it. Um, so as I stated, I loved how they they did the men. So I'm just going to break this down by like what I loved about those characters before we really just get into Jenny and Georgia. Um, I love that they gave Paul more to do and that he was fleshed out and he was more than just the cute himbo clueless mayor um, with the stick up his ass. Because even though I love uh, the actor that plays Paul, I wasn't crazy about Paul last year. Um, on the first episode um, I, and this year I mean in the first season and this year he's more than just the foil to Joe who may or may not be in game it's like you actually get to see him more and where he comes from and I loved that um, I still wanted him to flesh them out, him out a little bit more because I like Edgy Paul I liked it when he had those moments of edge and he fought back uh, you know he, you know he's a simple, he's simple in the fact that okay he he you see that he's a good guy he truly believes that happy wife equals happy life but when he had to go but you know like when he was telling Gil uh, when he set Gil up like you know this is my woman and he called him into the mayor's office and he used every tactic he could which was illegal but he did what he had to do to protect his family and I I like that so I like Edgy Paul. Um, what about you? Did you like him a little bit more this year, or did you still do it? <laughs> like, okay, I I feel Paul is still a non-factor nope. to me. No, he he's still a non-factor to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I get what they're trying to sell in the story, but I'm gonna be honest, I'm still not on that love train with them. Um, like. I do like the fact of like he is becoming the ride or die for Georgia and what she's always wanted. But I don't know if what she's always wanted is what she actually needs. Preach, snap, snap. And if what she wants is not what she needs, then Paul is not what she needs. Paul is what she wants. And I, I think I'm on a different love train. Um, I see the potential of a different love train. But when it comes to Paul, I'm sticking to that opinion. What she wants, what she's always wanted, she got. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what she needed. And I think that's what Paul represents for me in this show. Um, I, I can agree with you. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. By no means am I team Paul. Um, he, he, I, I, I still think he's a little bit milk toast, and I definitely don't think he's in the game. Um, I think he's a good guy, and he's a good character. I love his character on the show. I just don't think necessarily that he may yes. be the one for her. Mm-hmm. But I love how they fleshed him out, and he was more how they made him a complete character and gave him more to do than just be the obvious foil between her and who I'm coming up to next, who I think we might be thinking <laughs> is in game. So we don't talk about that. But um, 
you know, so I, 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 that's what I love about them. I love their friendship. I, you can, you can honestly, genuinely see that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, she thought that she wanted the white, the big house, the white picket fence, that whole American family utopian dream, you know, the mm-hmm. 2.4 kids or 2.5 kids in suburban, whatever, um, with the nice guy who comes home for dinner every night and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think that's what she thought. So I think that's her ideal, that, that dream. This, like you said, this is what she's wanted. That's her dream. But I don't know if that's what she needs long-term. I think Paul has probably been what she's needed for now. I think he's the right guy at the right time um, to kind of help her grow up a little bit, to help her settle. Because I honestly think if not for Paul, she probably would have ran by now. And we saw at one point where she was actually packing up and getting ready to run again, you know. Um, so I, I think he, he settled her. So maybe he's the right guy for now, but necessarily, you know, there's the, he's what I needed at that moment. And I think that sense of stability that he offers her is what she needed at this moment to just give her a chance to settle down and, and, and for her family, um, to settle down and put down roots and maybe for Jenny to start standing up for herself a little bit, um, especially when you get into the issues about why she cut. Um, and just take a breath and look at her life as a whole and the damage that she has done as part is maybe unintentionally. So Paul has been maybe some unintentional, but unintentional, but much needed therapy. Um, but I, I know I like him kind of as a father figure, but like I was thinking, um, their struggles are very real and the lack of communication, especially about what his role is going to be as the quote unquote new father. Um, I'm not going to say stepfather because he, you know, um, he sees them as his kids. He knows like he's told both of them. I can't replace your dad. I just want to kind of be an extra dad, that person that you can come to that's here in the house the day to day. But, you know, so he wants to do the work but she, in the heavy lifting with her. But she's all like, no, nah, they're my kids. I'm good. I got it. You just go <laughs> sit over there. <laughs> so, um, and I think that's a very real conversation or a very real struggle that a lot of people have when they're blending families. Like what, especially if the new person um, doesn't have children of their own, what role am I going to play or what role do you expect me to play in these kids' lives? So, um, but yeah. Uh, so moving on to the person who I think is in game, um, who I'm all aboard, but I understand at this moment why they couldn't, why they're not together a little bit, is Joe. Is that the love train you're on? Yes. Okay. Um, I just see in game. Honestly, I, gosh, it's kind of, and here's, here comes my first obligatory uh Gilmore Girls reference, you know, um, since they call this the dark version of the Gilmore Girls. I kind of see Zion being like Christopher, but I hope they don't ruin the character like they did Christopher. Like there, you can, you can still tell there's so much chemistry and unfinished business um, between him and Georgia. Um, so I honestly could see Endgame being one of two people. Um, Zion, but I love where they are. I love their co-parenting. I love their relationship, but you still see there's there's still something there that's not quite finished between the two. And then Joe. And Joe is like her Luke. Uh, again, my other, my second obligatory Gilmore's Girls reference. 
But I also hope that they don't ruin Joe like they did Luke um, on the Gilmore Girls as well. But um, I love Joe's story this season, how he's just of the mindset. Like we watched him pine for her last year. And this year he's like, okay, it's not going to happen. They're engaged. Let me just get out and start living my life. And even though um, a lot of the life he was living was off screen, we got hints of it, like the date and all of that. And then when he hooked up with her mean, the mean girl neighbor, I forgot her name too, whose husband is dying. You know who I'm talking Cynthia? about? Cynthia? Yes, Cynthia. You know I'm horrible with names. <laughs> Even though I go back and I look at them and I was like, oh yeah, write that down. But yes, <laughs> Cynthia. Um, I really liked how, I, I, I wasn't mad at it because we saw a different side of Cynthia. Like you kind of get from Cynthia, besides the fact that she just didn't like Georgia um, because of their history last year, she caught on to Georgia's game real quick, and Georgia went about uh, kind of – she got georgia let's just say. Um, you know how Georgia steamrolls anybody that gets in her way. Um, you also get a vibe from her that hurt people hurt people, and it was just everything she was going through with her husband, and the same thing with her little bully son. It was just so much going on at home. But I like that we kind of got a different side up to him. And so I wasn't mad at him and Cynthia. What about you? I fast forward through those scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you weren't here, you were not here for Joe and Cynthia. I was not. I, I was not. Yeah. I like I said, it kind of goes back to uh what I said about Paul. It served its purpose. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it was of its time. Is it in game? Is it this? And they realized it wasn't this lifelong romance, um, but that they were just what they each needed at the time. And so they went back to being friends. But yeah, I, I wasn't mad at it. I was like, okay, but cool. But um, the scene that gutted me when he returned the sunglasses. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I rewatched that several times. I was like, you know how sometimes there's a scene in a show or an episode that you just kind of got to go back and rewatch? I was like, because it's like you thought she knew, like, is she really that oblivious? But then, you know, it's Georgia who does, who's not oblivious to a lot. So it's like, does she know? Does she not realize who he is? And then to come to find out that she has realized who she who he was all along, and then the reason why she's never really acknowledged it, and I'm like, oh my god, just give them the fucking Emmy right now! Like <laughs> that's where I was with that scene. I was just like, oh, that was that was. What'd you think? Um, yeah, like when she kept saying, when he kept asking her, am I, am I the only one in this? Am I the only one feeling this? And she's like, but I'm engaged. I'm about to be married. Like that was her response. And to know that every time she repeated that, he knew what she was saying. He got it. Um, what she was really saying in her statements of I'm engaged. I'm about to be married. Um, cause she was saying way more than the words that were coming out her mouth at that time. Um, so while I, I am on the love train of Joe and Georgia, I don't know if I want them to actually be endgame, um, because I'm in agreement with what Cynthia, Cynthia said when she realized that Georgia was the person that Joe had been talking about 
And she said, she will eat you alive. And it's true. I, I don't think that Georgia is at a place. And like you said, you know, I guess, um, you know, the, the, depending on the time, time frame, because Paul is perfect for the time of now. Um, I don't think that Georgia is at the time frame where she can or in the character development that she needs to be in in order to honestly be with Joe and not destroy him. Um, that's you know, like I, I see so much chemistry and I would love it if um, they would develop. Do I think that Georgia can develop and grow as a character enough to be in a place to be with Joe? I'm gonna be honest. I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I do not see it. I, I just. Um, she like her, like um, Jeannie kept saying she is a force, and I think the force that she is. While Joe got Joe got a pass to him because when they showed his back his um backstory of how he how he can be, and I said, okay, okay, Joe's not a, Joe is not a doormat. He's not a doormat. Um. But do I think that he has the personality to uh, truly hold her? No, I, I don't. I, I don't think he has the personality to truly hold her um, because it would kind of be she, like he would be, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he would put in way more love than she would. And I think ultimately the love that she would have for him would destroy him in the end. Like she, Like when she says like, everybody hurts everybody I feel like she would completely destroy that man if uh she was to get with Joe which is so sad because if she could grow as a character like they would be absolutely phenomenal she wants that power couple I feel like her and Joe could be that power couple because it would be true love on on them being together if that makes sense that makes sense you understand what I'm trying to say right I do okay um yeah I think I think I agree with you. And like, he's not of now. He's not for now. And I agree. Like I said, Paul is perfect for now because she, he, he's that stabilizing force. And I, I think the lessons that she's going to learn will maybe get her ready for that. Um, but I, there's something about him and you can tell she's obviously never forgotten him because a, the the one thing that she's always kept throughout her whole life, besides her children, were those fucking sunglasses. <laughs> and she ended up in his town. Of all the places she could have gone, she went back to his town. So he, in, in those 10 minutes that they talked at that bus stop, um, besides the fact that he was really nice to her, there was something about her about him that she never forgot and then the way they just kind of how he became her person and her best friend um so yeah I, I'm with you I don't want to see them get together now because I know television has that thing where they think that the drama has to come from making up and breaking up and off and on and um for teenagers that gets played out for adults it really gets still really quick you know um, I think good writing, and I understand it. You may have one or two breakups, but I'm over that whole off and on shit throughout an entire series. You know, um, drama life is dramatic enough. Relationships are dramatic enough. There's enough natural drama within a relationship, um, enough natural disagreements that you have with different people 
to, I think, to sustain that interest level. So I, you know, I'm of the firm belief that you don't need to break up to make up 50 million times throughout the life of a series in order to keep it fresh. Um, but I do love the tension, the will they, they won't they between them now. Um, and like I said, I, I even see in game, I'm a solid, I'm almost at a 50 50 for him and Zion, for him and Zion being in game. Um, I, I, I just don't know yet. Um, back to Zion. I love the relationship between him and Paul. I loved it. It was reluctant, but I loved it. it <laughs> you can see them having that secret text chain, just like, damn, you know, Paul going, but um, so it was cool. Um, I love, okay. You know, I you know I love the Ashmore brothers, the Ashmore twins. Uh, this one was Sean, who played Gil. Um, oh, I was about to say the Ashmore twins. Okay, I know he's talking about yeah. <laughs> Sean and Aaron. This was Sean, who played Gil, um, Austin's father. Loved him, loved him. He almost had me going. He almost had me. <laughs> almost, especially when you see. The beginning when it flashbacks when it flashes back to how they met mm -hmm. and you almost thought okay he got Georgia but then you have to realize even though Georgia is not the most upstanding law abiding citizen there's always a reason behind her fuckery <laughs> mm -hmm. you're right and so um, it was like okay is this the one person that she truly just screwed over for no reason and then you get to see how he was toxic and he was abusive. And you were like, oh no, that was her, that was her get, that was literally her get out of jail free card. Like you could tell she loved him, but the abuse and everything that he was putting her through, she was like, no, nah, I got to go, you know? And so I was like, okay. And um, Austin, I was like, Austin was like, you ain't, I was like, damn, Austin got a little bit more from the kid who barely spoke the first season, who spent most of the first season not saying a word, to the kid who was get away from my mama, I'm about to pop this cap in your ass. <laughs> he went, he, he's come a long way, and he's definitely Georgia's son. Well, this was the same kid when the kid was bullying, and she said, what do we do? And he went and stabbed him in the, what was it? It was um, Cynthia's son, right? Yeah, and stabbed him in the hand with a pencil. <laughs> I'm like not surprised that he went and got the gun because no matter how mad he is at his mother, he's like he's like Jeannie. Like at the end of the day, you know, one thing they can't deny is their mother loves them more than anything in the world. Yep, she's not perfect, and you know, she may be morally questionable. But um, I going back to. Uh, the other person I love her also new BFF I love that her and Nick were able to work out their differences um and I love that we saw more of Nick and girl when Nick just in that drag for her uh party her bachelorette party I was done I was too through I was like oh okay um <laughs> but now they destroyed I, again so yeah but I hate Gabriel like I fucking <laughs> hate Gabriel I, I don't think they're supposed to like him <laughs> I know, but I despise him more than I despise anyone else. And if you ask me who the big bad was, I would say it was him. Not because he's trying to get justice and help this other lady get justice for her husband, who was uh, probably a pedophile. Um, but I, I hate him because you do not use children against their parents. And what he did 
it, it it's like okay so what why are you trying to take the moral high ground here like you basically went like the way he tried to manipulate or he tried to manipulate Jenny um uh, especially from last season I'm like really like I, yeah so I I I hate him I despise him um but I did love Nick and Marcus uh, uh, on the male front, he turned out to be an actually really good boyfriend. He surprised me. Um, you know, uh, he was more than just that teenage wannabe bad boy who hated everything in the world. Like, there's some depth and some substance there. I know last year that was one of the debates we had about him versus Hunter and the Marcus that we got last year versus the Marcus that we got this year. He was a really good boyfriend. He found out that a lot of the, the the stuff that he did, a lot of the reason why he acts the way he acts is because he's living with depression. And he had about, um, you know, a, a, he had an episode during the season. And so I was just like, okay, so I, I love that character development. Did you like Marcus any more this year than you did last year? I don't remember if I I didn't like Marcus last season. No, not a lot. I don't think so. Oh. I think you were Team Hunter. Was I? You think really? I I think I want to say you were. <sighs> I know I liked Marcus, but I don't think I think you, you were know Team what? Hunter. I think I didn't like how Jeannie did Hunter. Like I didn't I, I didn't like um, how that went down because I thought he was a really really good guy. Even though you know at the end he also needs to uh, get more in touch with his culture. Um. Yes, I will agree with you. I think that um, I really, really love the um, development of Marcus. I thought that he became an amazing person. And even you got, you know, one thing I really, really loved was you really got to see that even as they're constantly going at each other, him and Max have a true bond. They have a twin bond. Um, because when it was time for Max to step up and take care of him, she did. Um, so you saw Always. her be, even yeah, when he, he was drunk. Yes, like you saw her be the sister that he needed. When she realized that he was not okay, she stepped up to become the sister that he needed to comfort him, to be there for him, to listen to him, asking him, are you okay? Like, what's going on? I'm worried about you. And I really, really love that because, of course, we know that she's the most egotistical person on the whole entire show besides Georgia. And um, to see her put that to the side, recognize that, and be there for him, because even as she didn't speak up at first, which I do think... I, I, I don't like the fact of that she never told Jeannie um, what could possibly be the reason why Marcus was acting the way that he was acting or, you know, like they, they never really talked about it. There was no real conversation about how it went down with them breaking up and everything, even after the conversation that you had with him. So you knew something like where he was mentally on that. Um, but I really love the fact, go back to um, giving her a compliment because when we get talking to her, this is the only compliment she getting from me. Um, I really, really loved how she was a sister to Marcus when, because he really, really needed it. So I love that bond. And I, I love how realistic it was on him truly loving Jeannie. And you saw, he never took it back. He never took back how much he loved her and that he meant it when he said it. Um, and he kept throwing out like little signs of 
this has nothing to do with you. It's me. It's me. And it's kind of like Jeannie didn't remember, like his best friend had just died the year before. And he, they, I remember first season, they talked about something of him going through a depression or something to that effect. And it never like came to her mind on the possibility of that being. And I, and I get it because of the conversation she felt really hurt. So she wasn't hearing anything at that point. Um, but yeah, so I will agree with you that, um, Marcus became one of my favorite characters um, this season because he had one of the best character developments out of everybody in the show. Yeah, and I think they kind of, the way it was written, um, it just alluded that he went through it because he had a really tough time with his best friend dying. Like, it was, it, it, it they, they, which, you know, you everyone would, um, but they, they made it seem like it was specifically because of that, not something that he's been struggling with um, for his, since his early childhood or whatever. So, but yeah, um, I, I, I did, I really appreciated that. And um, so I, like I said, just that little aside, I think that they did a great job of making the male characters more than just accessories to, you know, um, the titular uh, Jeannie and Georgia um, on the show. So I guess, like you said, I'm with you. Jeannie started off really, really annoying. She did need an ass whooping. She needed a black mama, black girl, uh, grown up, put your chest in it, get the name belt, go pick the switch <laughs> off the tree, whatever you want to call it. I'm a pu- throat punch. I think punchy. I sent a text message to you of that too. <laughs> she needed a few ass whoopings, like for real, for real. Um, I get that your mama was wrong because, you know, your mama is your mama. And I get that she's wrong, but. I, I don't know that she was, I, you know, I think her, her response was horrible. And it's like, you, and that's the thing I tell people, especially young people, you want to be treated like an adult. You try to act like an adult, but when it comes to adulting and adult situations, y'all run away from it and revert back into that child. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it's, I'm a child. And that's what it was with her. You were so damn, so, you were so damn grown, so damn mature until it came to the time that your maturity was needed yeah and here's the thing your mom's not perfect and I think that more of her response came from the fact that it wasn't necessarily that her mom wasn't who she thought she was I think it was just basically maybe the way she found out like she knew her mom wasn't perfect she knew her mom had done some shady shit I think she was just dealing with the depth of the amount of shady shit mm-hmm. and she didn't know why she did it and then when her mom said I did it for you she thought oh so you're putting it on me and she's like no she really did it for you she saw her husband ogling your ass trying to make you his dessert or his snack you know and necessarily that is a bit of an extreme for most people but you know um so I, I just, yeah, she, she, she started off one way and I thought, oh God, please don't let me spend the season hating this child. Please don't let me spend the season <laughs> hating this child. Um, and it got better. She did mature. I think the therapy helped her. And I started to, as she went to therapy, I started to, and she got out of her, she got out of her own head, so to speak. Uh, and as she started to make amends or be more willing to listen to her mom, I started to like her more. Um, I love that she expanded her friend circle. Um, I love that she was friends with the black girls this year and she didn't drop them again like she did last year. 
because um, when Max started talking to her at the beat, stopped talking to her at one point last season, she went and became friends with the uh, with the black girls. And then when her and Max made up, she stopped being friends with them again. Um, so I, I love that this year is just like after that whole thing, after all the drama with Max, she was like, basically, fuck it. I would love to make up with Max, but Max is going to have to get in where she fits in. I'm going to keep my friends. So I love I loved that about her. Um, so I do love her character development this season. But like I said, there were moments when she, yeah, she needed an ass, she needed a good ass whooping. Um, and I also love that she, um, I loved how, and I think one of the m- most uh, tell, telling moments of her growth is at the end when she did find out about Marcus and why they broke up, um, how she went to him and she apologized. And she said, I didn't notice because I was too busy basically she was too deep in her own shit to notice what he was going through and it was always all about her they were always talking about her and so I love when she said no this time it's about you and she just went and she climbed into his window and she was there to comfort him so I love that um and I love the running joke between the parents about Georgia and how she would text Marcus's mom and say, Jenny just climbed through your window, like the running text message that they had. And then when <laughs> she did that, and Marcus's mom had the popcorn and she came upstairs and she just got embedded between the middle of them. She said, well, it is cozy. What are we doing tonight? <laughs> like, I love Marcus's mom. She is amazing. She's funny. She's hilarious. So, um, okay, what did you think about Jenny? Besides the fact that we can both agree there are times when she needs to be throat punched. Um... So I agree with you that I like the fact that she did keep her friends. I do think that I'm I'm just going to say it. I hope that the friend circle that she has with the white people is temporary. It don't look like it's temporary because I don't, I don't see true friendship there. Um, I, 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 I don't, I see very shallow uh, friendships on when it's good for them, it's good for them, and when it's not, you can be thrown to the side. And as well as they have bitch tendencies. And I don't understand how they're all friends. Like I, I really don't get it. Like I and I know, I know, I'm an old woman, so <laughs> maybe that's why. But I just do not understand. Like I don't feel that they all have the same full life experiences to be together. Like you have some real assholes up in there and I guess it fits, but it just like, I'm just like, I hope that's temporary because how do you continue to sit around idiots all day? Like that just doesn't make no sense. It's true, (laughs) but you think about your friends that you had in high school. I, I'm friendly. I, I, I still talk to them um but I don't necessarily inter- they're not my best friends anymore does that make sense um yes. so I can't even say now it's like okay um happy birthday it's, it's just occasional so you know that those friendships are temporary you know the, the friends that you truly have for life are usually the ones um that you make in college, college. and beyond your adult friends and stuff like that so um but I agree with you um I I was glad that they made up and I'm glad that we got to see a different side of Max, but I also wrote down that she's the most annoying person. Um, she's not my favorite. Um, so I was always looking for signs of maturity with her, like her stalking her and ex-girlfriend. They never came. It came in bits and pieces. Like I love her and the costume designer together. I do. 
um, I think they're, they're cute together. I think that would be a cool relationship. Um, even I love when she finally stopped stalking Sophie and she basically grew up and told Sophie, we can't be friends. Like, I can't do this with you. Um, I love that part. So there were moments of maturity for Max. But um, and like you said, when she was there for Marcus, when she stopped being when she stopped bickering and stopped being so childish and mature and she put her brother first, like I loved even in moments before we realized he was um, back into a full bout of depression. But when he got drunk, when he was getting drunk and stuff like that, even when they were at the party and he got drunk. Um, hanging out with Hunter and playing guitar with them and stuff, and she snuck, they snuck into the house and stuff like that. She made sure he got home. So those, there are moments where you see that there's more to Max, but um, I don't think they did as great of a job as fleshing out her character and developing her character growth this year. Her arc wasn't as dramatic as the others, um, <laughs> other characters on the show. So, um, but yeah, she, she, she's my least favorite character, and I don't think even in high school, I couldn't have been friends with her. I would have throat punched her myself. Yes. And, like, and I'm, I'm going with go the ahead. whole the whole friend circle. The whole entire, except for Hunter, who seemed to be okay. Hunter and Padma. I liked Padma. Once we got to know okay, yeah, yeah. Padma, pa- Padma yes. And I, I love got to remember, Padma wasn't part of that crew. She was in the band, but she wasn't actually part of the crew. And she was also Marcus's girlfriend. Yes, but yes, I love like, that we got to see her outside of that. And that yes. she wasn't the bitch. And I love that she wasn't the bitchy, mean girl ex girlfriend. I love that they didn't give her that trope. And I go ahead. No, I was going, and I was just gonna say, and I am Team Hunter and Padma, Team Puncher, Team Padma, whatever. I think they're cute. Okay, I will agree with you on that. <laughs> um, but what I will say is, I love Jeannie's outside friend. So outside that main circle of the first friends that she actually made um, in in the school, I loved her outside friends. Besides Hunter, who's still part of that crew, don't understand it because, dude, they're not on your level. But um, besides Hunter, like Padma, love the fact that they have that friendship going. I love um, that she that she stayed friends with the black girls. Um, and that, you know, they're, they're talking about, like, everyday life, but also talking about, like, college and, you know, all of that. And because it's giving her an idea of, like, where are you going to go to school? Or what type of school? Why would I want to go to an HBCU? Why would I want to go to a PWI? Like, you know, you could definitely see her having those conversations with her Black friends compared to those conversations never coming up um, with her, uh, other friends, even though there were people of color within that friend group. Um, I didn't like, I didn't think there was really character development with any of her friends from her original friend crew. Um, Max, Nora, Abigail, and none of the, uh, the dudes whose names you don't, you don't even need to remember. Um, I, I just, I hope that she outgrows them. Um, because I clearly see the show is trying to make it where her and Max are BFFs forever. And I hate that because Max is so egotistical. She's selfish. Um, she's self-absorbed. And even in her bouts of maturity, it wasn't enough for me to be okay with her. Like I still, I'm with you. I still wanted to throat punch her. Even as I saw what an amazing sister she ended up being to, um, Oh my God, what's his name? I just... Marcus. Marcus. Even as you see the amazing sister she ended up being with Marcus, I wanted to throat punch her every single time. She... Eh, 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 and I was just like, oh my God, can you please stop? 
can you please stop? Like, she was so overdramatic for no reason whatsoever, which was one of the reasons why Sophie did not want to be with her and she could not accept it, so she became stalkerish. And I'm just like, girl, chill the fuck out. Even her friends would tell her, and she's like, I know I'm a bit much, and I'm like, okay, just because you're in drama, you're the queen of drama, doesn't mean you literally have to be a fucking Every drama Every single time. And I- yeah, it, it, it was just much. Like, it, it got old. It got played out. Like, even Jenny outgrew some of her whiny stupidity, her childish immaturity. And true enough, they're kids, but it's just like, okay, you can't be mad at your mom if you're not going to hear her out, you know? Um, so it, it, yeah, it was just like, can you please? And I love the conversation after what happened in the in the English class where he kept trying to, gosh, make Jenny. The teacher kept trying to make Jenny responsible for diversifying his class, you know. And where he, you can tell where he originally. It wasn't like, oh, okay. Even him asking her to recommend a book was a bit much. But if he. I, I, from the standpoint of, on one hand, it's like, okay, well, what is a book that you would wa- like to read? Let me know, and I can incorporate it into the lesson plan, but the teacher does the work. So it wasn't that type of suggestion. It was trying to do what exactly what had happened, and that was get her out of the class because she was, quote, unquote, too much trouble uh, to the Northeast liberal who, I voted for Obama. Like, okay. And he literally does say that. So, um <laughs> But so when she was telling her, but you were there, why do I have to say anything when you saw what happened? You know, um, and so I, I love that where it's moments like. So it, it's just like, OK, but are you going to continue to have to have these conversations with her? Yes, you know, um, yes, she is. And it's it's just like, and I can say as a person who's uh, one of my best friends is white, um, we've had those hard conversations, but they're not conversations that I continuously have to have, like where I know she didn't hear me or she doesn't listen. Have we had to have different conversations around different things more than once regarding race and the differences? Yes. But is it something where where it's like Max, where she just doesn't get it, where she's so self-absorbed, where it's like one of those almost, oh, I'm sorry in that moment, but the next time it comes up, it's going to be something different. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where she doesn't start paying attention and recognizing, hey, my best friend is a person of color. My best friend is a biracial girl, is a biracial person. So I have to be more aware of these things, not only the things in the outside world and how they affect her, like, I know it. They're not going to pick up on every single microaggression. But well, can we pick up on obvious ones? Can we pick up on the obvious ones? And can we pick up on our own biases? Like, you let's know. just igno- like, let's just acknowledge that. And then, so, like, can, can, I, can I do a pivot? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So, um, going along with that on the fact of saying that how not necessarily the people around her not understanding her experiences and or not acknowledging the fact that her experience, her life experience is going to be different from theirs. Um, it goes back into therapy on, I thought, I, I thought they did a fantastic job on the scenes of her being in therapy and her, what her therapist did on leading her there, um, leading her to the water, but making her actually decide if she's going to drink it or not um, kind of thing. 
on not just telling her what she should feel, telling her what she should do, but like it it, it shows you. It wasn't like a, I guess, a play acting on therapy, but I felt like it was a very realistic um, therapy session um, that they showed on figuring out why she kept burning herself, um, making her really, really think deep on her relationship with her mother, on her, um, you know, just all the drama that she goes through and making her realize like, hey, it all goes back to your mom and just how you grew up. And as well as when Georgia... <laughs> bombards into her therapy session to make it about herself because she feels attacked and I love that the therapist when Georgia says well we're not just mother and daughter we're friends and the therapist says no but you are mother and daughter like like that that is your role you're her mother and you know, finally getting her to like hear it out. Um, I love that character development of Georgia. It took her a while to really catch it. But when they kept like the therapist kept calling her out on it. And when Jeannie did not shut up, she didn't close up, but she really spoke her mind and let her mother know where she thought. And finally Georgia hearing her and um, becoming the mother, like mothering her for the first time. Um, compared to what she's done before, where we're just friends. Now, granted, she still never gave any type of consequences whatsoever for her actions, which does not help. Because um, if you think she wild now, just imagine when she goes to college. Yeah, like, but she... I, I, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm good. I was going to say, it goes kind of back to that, my other obligatory Gilmore Girl reference. Um, you get that she's supposed to be like Rory, where you have that wild mother and you're kind of just kind of self-policing, like you have these wild moments where you know you will do things out of character, but it won't, that she'll never be as crazy and wild as her mother, um, that she's more mature. Um, and you kind of got that when Paul was like, uh, where's your curfew? She's like, I'll be back. <laughs> like, you look at him like, is this fool for real? Like, mom, check your man. Curfew? <laughs> like, you know, so... Um, but yeah, and that's a great pivot because one of the people who actually also had to check their own bias and realize, hey, I'm raising a daughter, a young woman of color was Georgia. And I thought that was a powerful scene where it's like you've all she's always been aware that her child was biracial. She's never denied that. Um, and, you know, we know how she felt about the hair thing. But aside from the hair how has she ever really contributed to and limited access to her grandparents? How has Georgia ever really contributed or made sure that Jenny was culturally aware of who she really was? And so I thought that was, I thought that was really, really um, significant. And it was just like, wow, you know, it's like, well, she's just my daughter. No, she's just your daughter who's half black. She's your daughter who has different experiences because of that, because she does not look like you. It's obvious she is different. And so I love that they pointed that out and made her deal with that and address that. Um, besides the obvious ways in which she's biracial, there's a whole, there's whole other layers that you can't, you have the ability and the privilege to be oblivious to. Because again, most people think racism has to be blatant in that someone is calling you the N-word, you know, um, but it's not that. So I, I love that. 
Um, okay, before we end this, uh, we save the best for last. Georgia, you talked about it. Her character development this season was amazing. Um, I I like Georgia. She's crazy. She's batshit crazy. Um, and she's going. She's all about the fuckery. But I love her character, and I love the actress who plays her. I think she does a a magnificent job um, of bringing that crazy home and still giving her. Um, there are moments when you hate her. There there are, but she still makes her lovable and somehow yet likable in most moments too. If that makes any sense, um, she make you know she's fucked up, but she makes you want to root for her to get her shit together. If that if if that makes any sense. I think with Georgia, I like Georgia this season than I did first season. And I did, like, I understood her justification. Like, I didn't think that she was crazy. I think that she was a survivor and she knew she was a survivor. And I feel that when it came down to it, the only the only uh, part that... I think she went way overboard rather than like trying to figure out a different way of doing it was Kenny and how it went from, yo, you may touch my child in an inappropriate way to I'm going to kill you. And then yeah. she killed him. But other than that, I love the fact of like, you really got to see like, and we saw that first season, but I think because they were trying to settle in and they were trying to like show what type of person that she was that I couldn't fully get on, on the Georgia train. <laughs> But um, but this season, even if I didn't agree with how she reacted to things, um, because she was very self-absorbed as well, I feel like she's an older Max on everything revolved around her um, because she kept she would put the guilt on her kids and be like, I'll do anything for you. And Jeannie's looking at her like, oh, we know. Oh, we know, you know, kind of thing. But when she finally said, but why is that our responsibility or why should that be put on us that you love us so much that you would do anything for us? You know, Voldemort, as they called um, Kenny. Um, but I still loved her because I felt like it was also very realistic on her life experiences. She's a survivor. And like when, when like, it's, it's like the scene when Paul <laughs> finds the gun. And he's like, is there any more in the house? And she was just like, no, I promise. <laughs> and he's just like, is there any more in the house? No, not at all. Is there any more in the house? Nope, not one bit. <laughs> and I knew the whole time I was just like, yo, she got at least two more in the house. You, you, gotta knew, you knew she was lying. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, you gotta know that your woman got two more of those guns in that house. Like in order for you to answer that question, you better be willing to go search your whole entire house. And that's for those because, guns. because I feel like both Joe and Zion would have said, "Okay, where are the others?" Yeah. Like it, both Joe and Zion would have been like, "Okay, so where are the others?" Like it, they're they, not they taking her word for it. Yeah, they would have just already knew. Like Joe is just stand, dead, standing there, dead king with that expectant look on his face. Like <laughs> where are the others? I promise there are no more. And he's looking at her like, really? Yeah, and then and then with Joe, Joe would be like, okay, but he giving her to look like I know there's more, but as long as I don't find them, we good. Okay. <laughs> like Paul really looked like he was like, okay. okay, and walked away. And I said, dude, you gonna take that one gun to the police station? She got at least two more in the house. Like, come on now. <laughs> but um, besides that, like like I said, um, I also loved her character development. Um, 
last season, I like Jeannie more than I like Georgia. This season, I actually like Georgia more than I like Jeannie. And I think the beginning part where Jeannie being such a fucking brat, and I agree with you, I think is you all want to be treated as an adult. And then when we treat you as an adult, you revert back to being a child. And her reverting back to being a bratty child or a bratty teenager, and also taking your brother with you, um, and like I, I just and then I'm thinking like oh you going to the south and you answer your father like <laughs> I was like okay so but like other than that like I like Georgia more this season um because I think she grew up in a lot of ways and she matured in a lot of ways it may not be to the satisfaction that we want but I do think that you could clearly see that Georgia has changed and she is slowly growing up. Like even the subtleness of when she hears that Cynthia and Joe slept together and her whole reaction, like, wait, Joe and Cynthia? And you slowly start to see her realize, oh shit, I got a problem with this. Like it clearly happens as she continues to repeat Joe and Cynthia. Cynthia like really <laughs> and so like even even with those little scenes right there you could definitely see her growth and acknowledgement of who she is and I think there was a lot of that as well acknowledging who she is or at least putting it out there on who she is and who she knows herself to be rather than pretending to be something else every time that she opened her mouth when she was talking to someone, she'd be like, I know who I am. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm this. I know I'm that kind of thing. So I like the, um, the ownership of all of her flaws because she got a lot of them. I really enjoyed her ownership of her flaws when she finally realized what they were. Okay, before we get into the darker moments and wrap this up, because the darker moments kind of lead to the end and what we hope to see uh, for season three. Um, I, one of my favorite scenes, and when she was being a mother, but not a typical mother, but it was more like an older sister girlfriend. Dog. When she realized that, okay, the train had already left the station as far as, or the base, the players had already started rounding the bases as far as uh, Marcus and George, Jenny are concerned. Um, where she was giving Jenny advice on how to, <laughs> how to collate. <laughs> how to suck it. Yes. Um, and Jenny was like, please don't go get the vibrate. Don't go get the vibrate. No vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, okay. And then I'm speaking of vibrate when she walked in on her and Paul and Paul was playing with it. It's like, um, I'm definitely going to knock from now on. And <laughs> um, typical Georgia, who is surprised that she was getting high with Marcus, that she got high with Marcus, not once, but twice. Um. So there are moments where it's just Georgia's going to Georgia. You know, Georgia's just going to be who she is. And I think those are the moments that make her lovable and just who she who she is. You know, um, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but, you know, um, she's not murdering somebody. And you get <laughs> that. You also get that she didn't do that lightly. Like the first time that the old dude, he was also abusive. And she said she messed up on the dosage. The second time, I think, this month, I think she had one of those parental moments where this motherfucker is going to touch it. Even though he hadn't done it, she wasn't going to give it a chance to happen. And most people would leave. But, you know, Georgia being Georgia, she wasn't leaving there empty-handed. <laughs> um, but, so, I think that one was intentional. 
Um, but you see, it, she didn't take it lightly, but also when she did it, she didn't try to dwell on it too much, you know? Um, so her and Cynthia, it's very complicated, but I love how even in the midst of trying to destroy her, I love how Cynthia saved her from guilt at the school. When she, and I think the two women came to an understanding where they may never be the bestest of friends, but I love that moment where Cynthia came to her defense with Gil and she was real subtle about it too. Like, oh, come on, come with me. We need to talk about the boys or something like that, you know? Cause their, their boys had become friends and they allowed that to happen even though that they didn't really care much for each other at that particular moment. Um, what did you think about that moment? Oh, I liked it. I, I thought I thought it was really, really good on Cynthia's part to yeah. recognize the signs and automatically like jump to, you know, savior mode on figuring then, out a way to get her away. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Cynthia took it up on herself, didn't even talk to her about it. Georgia didn't ask her to do it, but took it up on herself to make it so that Gil couldn't get an apartment or rent an apartment in town, basically trying to force him to leave, um, especially when she had been, you know, co-conspiring with Gil on the low to destroy Georgia. Um, now, what do you think about what Georgia did to Cynthia, for Cynthia? I don't even know how to word that, but to Cynthia's husband. It's just like the Kenny situation. She moved too quickly and didn't fully think it out and didn't take an opinion of nobody else. Yeah. I get why she did it. I get why you did what you did. I don't get, I don't like how you went about it. I think that was just an extreme you know, um, it, and it was, you were, in that moment, it was, it was Georgia being Georgia, uh, steamrolling, uh, being Hurricane Georgia, but I honestly can't say that that was out of malice. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I'm not justifying, I'm not defending it, but she didn't do it out of malice. She, I can honestly say she actually thought she was helping based on the conversation that she and um, Cynthia had just had, you know, um, and so, but leading up to that, that leads to her arrest on her wedding night, um, after <laughs> she and Paul are already married, um, and I think it's going to be hard to prove, like, um, that she actually did that, so, um, Coming up for next season, if we get a season three, which we should, after the way Netflix has been canceling shit, I know they don't want that smoke. But it is Netflix. Um, so, but it is also one of their more popular shows. Anyway, what does that mean when you're talking about Netflix? But what do you think is going to happen in season three, especially with that situation? Do you think Paul is going to A, stand by her or leave her? Because he got an idea of who she was. Because she did mostly come on, come clean with Paul about a lot of the darker parts of her past. She didn't tell him about Kenny, of course, and, you know, the being a basically black widow, but um, she did come clean just for, with just about everything else. So do you think Paul will stand by her? To be honest, that's like my least concerned moment. <laughs> but I guess so. I mean, he's married to her, so ride or die, baby. Okay. Um, I think... I would not take Paul's lawyer. I think Zion's girlfriend is going to end up defending her. I think George, I think Jenny is oh, going to. you know Simone's going to defend her. That's the reason why Simone had that whole conversation. Remember when she had the conversation with Jenny? Yeah. I felt and, like that uh, was foreshadowing. 
Shout out to the OG Jordan Ashford from uh, General Hospital, just in case you didn't recognize her. Oh, shit. Now I do. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so I think I think Simone is going to be her lawyer. But what are some of your, what was, and I just thought about because it happened at their wedding and just knowing how nobody, especially his family, wanted her to marry him Mm -hmm. or wanted them to marry so I, I was like, okay, is he going to cave into the pressure because of the embarrassment of your wife being arrested for murder on your wedding night? Um, especially given everything you, you've just learned about her. Um, but what are some of your bigger concerns? Let's see if there's um, Okay, so what I will say about that is I think that Austin is going to end up slipping it out when he's talking to Paul as Paul is trying to figure out how to help um, Georgia. And so Paul is going to find out what she did and still have to protect her. Um, so I will she say, how did Austin see her? Yeah, remember he was hiding in the closet when she uh, killed the dad. Oh, okay. So he actually he actually saw it. That's why he was running after the car and saying, "But I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything mm-hmm. because he saw it. That's why he was mad at her when they got home after the play date." Yeah. Okay, I remember. Yeah. Um, so some of my concerns is, um, we're, I'm guessing in season three, we would get more to, what grade are they in? I forget. Are they sophomores? I think they're, I think they're sophomores. Okay. So hopefully season three would be their junior year. Um, let's skip ahead a couple months. Well, no, let's not skip ahead. I guess we'd have to, well, they can, they can do, um, George's they can show what happened. One episode. Yeah. Yeah. And they can um, show what happened during a flashback. Exactly. Um, and let's go into her junior year. That's college applications and everything like that. I'm actually, I would actually love to see like the whole um, development of what Jeannie is going to decide when it comes to college. I think at first she's going to automatically want to go to a PWI and um, then slowly start to shift her viewpoint. Um, and I hope, um, being still close with Brasia and her friends will definitely um, help to uh, uh, change that. Uh, I also want to see her and Marcus um, kind of like work on not, I don't want them to be friends. I actually want them together. I, I want them to be together. So I would love to kind of see where they're together, but they're not kind of situation as she stays by him um, through his depression. Um, I don't want it to be that all of a sudden they drop the therapy thing. So I definitely want her to stay in therapy um, because it's working. It's definitely working. And I definitely want to see that. Um, I agree with you. I want to see her stop like necessarily running away. So you have your teacher. He's very controversial. Crazy to me. It's um, one only a one only one AP um, course. I am hoping that she never again takes a dumbed down, dumbed down course ever again, um, because clearly you can tell you are way above what those people are about. <laughs> like, even in my classes, it wasn't as crazy as that. Like, I was just like, what the heck? You playing games and on your phone and the TJs? I said, goodness gracious, those kinds of classes. Um, for Joe... I, I would like to see Joe give back a little bit more sass to Georgia now that she's married. Like her still trying to be like, we're friends, we're friends. And he'd be like, all right, cool, we friends. And go about his business kind of thing. I need him to give her a little bit more sass. 
because that'll show me that you can handle being with Georgia. And if he can't show me that he can handle being with Georgia, then you, you can't be with Georgia. <laughs> That's just my thing. You can't be with Georgia if you can't handle it. He's um, giving her stats. He's had, he's had moments, but yeah, more of it would be great. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was lukewarm. The, the, the sass was lukewarm. Let, let, let's go hot, 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 hot and heavy. Um, but yeah, I just would love to continue to see the development. I think that Jeannie had great development um, towards the end of the season, as well as Georgia, um, Marcus. So continue the realistic character development. I would like to also see a serious conversation between her and Marcus. And granted, I know he's depressed. And so maybe this will never come up because they've dropped the ball on a lot of things. But he dating a Black woman. So, and you dating a Black woman near Boston. There is no way in hell you can date a Black woman near Boston and y'all ain't got no issues coming up dealing with race. No way. Yeah, I like I said, I don't necessarily know if they have a Black writer. And I think, they do. They do. They do. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I would love to see them not tiptoe. I mean, I know there's a lot, and I know there's a lot that get cut on the river, but it seems like you just dip your, they just dip the toes around the edge. They dance around a lot of those issues. Like, like I said, addressing them is not enough. You've got to lean into them more, um, especially with your audience. And her father, I think, is now a series regular. Um, you know, and a more permanent part of her life. So as she starts to explore that part of her identity more, it is going to come up more often. And she can't always run away from it or always be the one to try to say, I'm going to handle it and don't and handle it by running away, you know? Um, so I think as she gets older, um, I think she, she will uh, be willing to confront those issues and learn which battles to fight and which ones to just say, fuck it. Because, you know, we, you can't fight every battle. You'd be fighting every damn day. Um, so I, I would love to see more realistic portraying of that storyline. But I agree with you. Um, I'm interested to see how it does go down and what Paul, what is going to happen between her and Paul and how far he's going to go. Is he really ride or die? Um, you know, or are they going to get divorced? But it's like he's in a catch-22 because he can't necessarily divorce her because that's admitting to her guilt. Uh, but the embarrassment of the mayor's wife being arrested for murder on their wedding day, um, you know that's going to play out. But yeah, I don't necessarily think we need all. I think we should do a fast forward and we should just be able to kind of flash to the moment after the arrest and what happened or just cover it in the first episode. And then after the first episode, have a time jump, you know, to where we're getting closer to the trial or whatever, however they chose to deal with it. But um, I'm all aboard. For, I take it that means you're all aboard for season three. Uh, yeah. At the beginning of season two, I said, nah, I'm good. I only watching this because I have to. But by the end, I'm all on board for season three, as long as they don't start slow like they did season two. All right. I, I agree. Um, I What are you rating? How many popcorns are you giving it? So I am going to give the second season of Jeannie and Georgia because they did do a phenomenal job towards the end and all the character development has definitely, um, they did a phenomenal job on that overall. Um, of course, there's weak points, but overall. Um, so I'm going to rate it higher than I did season one. So I'm going to give um, Jeannie and Georgia season two a four popcorns. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So after like the first three episodes, 
it it was binge watching. So um, I definitely enjoy it. And I'm going to give it four popcorns because I see so much potential. Let's give that the season three. What about you? Um, I give it 4.25. I didn't go back and check my season one rating, but I give it 4.25 for all the same reasons. I love the character development, the growth. Um, it's a show that, like I said, in a lot of ways, season two was better than season one. Um, and I'm glad that we didn't have to deal with the whole season with Jenny being a brat because I was like, this is going to be unfucking bearable. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it, it was a storyline as annoying as it was, it served its purpose. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, all right. Well, um, that does it for this episode of Jenny in Georgia. Um, and uh, that episode, this episode, Jenny in Georgia, look at me. Uh, that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. Please be sure to listen, like, follow, comment anywhere where you listen to your podcast. Because um, we got it like that. We've been international, y'all. Um, <laughs> you can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment and pop culture news, as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at thepopcornwinedown.com. That's it. That's the plug. Pop, 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 pop. My sound effect was a little slow, waiting for the butter to warm up there. <laughs> but thank you, um, as always, and be sure to join us next week when we talk about Teen Wolf the movie. No, not Woo! the Jason Bateman, not the Jason <laughs> Bateman movie, y'all. Uh, but the the I guess the close up movie. I don't know what to call it, but the the movie is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I can't wait. Talk about that, catch up on the series a little bit, see what everyone's been doing, how they handle styles not being there. But anyway, I'm, I'm excited. So until next time, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace.